Good morning or good afternoon, depending on where you are. My name is Darren Joseph from HGG.tax. We're the team that seeks to demystify the sometimes confusing world of international tax compliance, particularly for those who may be US exposed. Uh, have a look at our website. We have over 2,000 articles and our YouTube channel. We have over 1,000 videos that speak to different aspects of international tax for those of you who live that international lifestyle. Today, we're joined by the one and only international tax badass, Mr. Jimmy Sexton, who is based in Dubai. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I have, have okay. my LLM, but uh, I'm, I'm an international tax advisor. Gotcha, thank you very much. What type of entrepreneur or you know potential business owner or existing business owner you think is best fitted to you know to the united states that could really benefit from if not moving to the us but incorporating the us into their own international perspective as well well i mean i think there's a couple different categories i mean mm -hmm. one is if you have a business uh you know outside of the united states i mean the us is a market that should not be ignored right i mean it's 300 and some odd million people it's a huge market and you know you just can't ignore it I also think, you know, for a lot of foreigners, and I mean, this is something that I come across in my business quite a lot, is you have people starting new businesses where they're looking to a future exit, right? They want to build it up, they want to scale it, and then they want to sell it. Well, there's no easier place than the United States to raise capital. And if you're looking for an exit, the U.S. is probably going to be the easiest place to do that. And usually if you're looking for, a, you know, if you're looking down the road to potentially get acquired by a U.S. company, which is you know fairly likely the case mm. u.s companies like to buy other u.s companies right because they mm. understand the regulatory framework they understand the laws they're comfortable with the judicial system and so i think for for anybody in business the u.s shouldn't be ignored i, I think there's also another you know probably less known category of of non-resident alien where the u.s becomes very attractive and mm. that is you know, a lot of there's also a lot of non-US digital nomads, right? And they would like to do business through some type of an entity. And so typically that has been done through some sort of an offshore entity, right? In, in a no-tax jurisdiction. But one of the things that I think is often overlooked is the US LLC, right? I mean, the US mm -hmm. LLC is a, is a disregarded entity by, by default, meaning if it has a single owner, it's disregarded for tax purposes. So if you have a digital nomad providing services, they could provide those services through a US LLC. And as long as they're providing those services from outside the United States, and they don't have any premises in the U.S., there's going to be no U.S. taxes, right? So that's also fairly attractive. Yeah. And of course, that gives you access to uh, U.S. banking, potentially payment platforms, feeling more comfortable with a U.S. entity as opposed to a foreign one. And from a marketing point of view, potential clients, if they see that, you know, your business is U.S., they feel a bit more comfortable. Yeah, so... It it, it gives you a lot of legitimacy compared to other jurisdictions, mm -hmm. right? I mean, every, everybody internationally feels pretty comfortable doing business with with a U.S. entity. And like you said, banking has become such an issue um, over the past several years that being able to access banking in, in the U.S. I think is a huge advantage. I mean, opening bank accounts in the U.S. is pro probably easier than anywhere else in, in, in the world. Uh, and, and you mentioned in, in some of your initial thoughts, the U.S. participation exemption. Do you want to say a few words on that? Yeah, so I think you know one of the things that was was really interesting with 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 the United States is is the U.S. used to have a, a tax regime before um, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in, in 2017, where if you had a U.S. company that received dividends from from a foreign subsidiary, 
those dividends were fully taxed in the United States, right? Which was mm -hmm. one of the big reasons why so many of the large companies, I mean, Apple was really famous for it. So was Amazon for keeping all of these profits outside of the United States and, and not paying taxes on them or paying very low taxes on them. Well, one of the things that shifted with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is that the U.S. implemented what's known as a participation exemption re regime. And this is a pretty common regime throughout the world. I mean, most European countries have a participation exemption. And essentially what that means is, in the case of the U.S., if you have a U.S. company that receives dividends from a 10% or more owned subsidiary, those come in tax-free, right? And so a lot of times when you looked at international groups that were considering a location for a holding company, the U.S. was out, right? Because those dividends that were coming into the holding company would be taxed. Now that shifted and the U.S. has actually become a fairly popular holding company jurisdiction because you can repatriate all those dividends to the United States completely tax-free. And that certainly made the U.S. much more attractive. Um, and you've even seen some groups unwind their, their international structures in favor of U.S. holding companies be, because of those, because of that tax savings that can be gotten through the participation exemption. Gotcha, gotcha. And, you know, in some sectors, again, seeking to get your perspective, when people talk about the task and jobs are from 2017, a bit negative and they focus on guilty and additional layers of complexity that some business owners may face. But you sound on balance a bit more optimistic. So are you optimistic in, in your assessment of the impact generally, at least within your ecosystem, or pessimistic or neutral? No, I mean, look, I... I, I... Uh, I mean, I, I, I think, I think it, I think it depends, but I, I guess I would be more optimistic, right? I mean, yes, you do have guilty, which has created a lot of complexity and it, it has created an additional layer of tax for people that may have been conducting business through companies in zero tax jurisdictions. But mm -hmm. if you look at, for example, um, you know, uh, subsidiaries of a U.S. company that might have subsidiaries in Europe, right? Where, where there, mm -hmm. I think that I, I think the average corporate tax rate in Europe is about twenty four percent. And mm -hmm. so, you know, if you look at guilty and subpart F, you have mm -hmm. what they call the high tax exception, right? Which means mm -hmm. if if you're paying at least ninety percent of the U.S. corporate income tax rate somewhere else, then you get exempted from guilty, right? And I think that's mm -hmm. U.S. corporate tax rate is twenty one percent. I think ninety percent is like 19.6% if I remember. Yeah, yeah. So as yeah. long as you're subject to taxes above 19 points, your foreign subsidiaries are subject to taxes above 19.6%, guilty mm -hmm. and subpart F don't really play a role, right? They're, they're not an mm -hmm. issue. You're kind of excluded from them. Um, so I think given some of those tax rules, you know, the impact is not quite as, as, as great as, you know, it would seem on the surface. Thank hey, gotcha. Thanks for that. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.